we've been doing a series um, called The Holy Spirit, My Sevenfold Friend. And, uh, you know, everything down there was about the Holy Ghost. The emphasis of the meetings was based on Acts 2. This, and it was called The Sound of Heaven. That was the name, that was what they titled the whole, the whole week was The Sound of Heaven. And that heaven has a sound. And that sound, uh, that sound from heaven, uh, from heaven comes through the church. It comes through us declaring his word, us uh, praising and worshiping God, amen, celebrating God, the sound, the wind of the spirit blowing. I mean, I mean it, 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 on the day of Pentecost, the wind blew so hard, the wind of the spirit blew so hard that it, um, everybody in the community w- could hear it, and everybody was running to it, trying to figure out what in the world is going on. How many want that, that kind of move of the spirit in a community? It'll change the community if we get God's spirit, uh, cooperating with God's spirit so that he can do what he wants to do. Say this out loud. I have a real person living in me, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Say, I have a real person living in me. I have a real person living in me. And anybody, again, knows that when if I was to come over to your house, you would jack up and act somewhat normal more than you would after I leave. Just because the fact a real person has entered your house and you want to kind of, you know, act like a Christian. And uh, so if you can remember that, and remember that you have a real person living on the side of you. Seriously, a real person lives in your house. And um, he's, there, uh, he's there for your profit. He's, 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 he is the parakletos of your life. So let's read verse 24 of John 14. I think it's on the screen here. Anyone who does not really love me, Jesus says, Jesus speaking, anyone who does not really love me does not observe and obey my teaching. And the teaching which you hear and heed is not mine but comes from the Father who sent me. Now I've told you these things while I'm still with you. But the parakletos, the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, Stand by the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. I think that's just so powerful. He will teach you all things, all the spiritual things that you'll need for your life. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you, and bring to your remembrance everything I've told you. Amen. So we have found out in the last uh, four teachings, or three or four teachings, that the Holy Spirit is, number one, our comforter. He is our counselor. He, he's our, our helper. Pastor Vicky taught a teaching years ago. It was, it was called, if, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. So when, when the Bible says that God is your comforter or he's your counselor or he's your helper, he wants you to understand that if God can get the comfort through you, he will get it to you. Because the source of his life was not designed to go into you and stop there. The source of life was supposed to flood through you. Remember the light, so it's flooding light is supposed to flow through you and minister to someone else who needs comfort, who needs counsel, who needs help. Can I have an amen? We're supposed to be the vessel. We're supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That's our calling. It really is. And I'm really praying that God will strike the heart of the church and we will awaken to our calling. And that, uh, that's what moved us down there so deeply. What moved us down there was this. 
is that Rodney Howard Brown has a passion for souls. Yeah, and, I, and you know me, some of you have been with me a long time, know that I've always had a passion for souls. And I get concerned that if I still have that. Because anything you know, in life, I mean, if you not watch it, you know, the very passion that you had, you can lose it. But I mean, I do. I love people. I have a passion. Um, it was so sweet. I have, um, there's a, um, a gentleman that has, um, he's never been here to church, but he always would come over in, in the parking lot across the street and smoke. I don't think his wife allows him to smoke in the house. So he, and he's been doing this for like for three years. And so a couple of times I'd go over there and say hi to him. And you know, one time I went over there to tell him, it's okay. You can come on. Hey, it's no problem. You can come over here. If you want to sit and park and smoke, you're more than welcome to sit in the lot here and do that. And, well, the guy's probably my age. And, uh, and it was really sweet. He, um, uh, I just, you know, befriended him. And I'd see him again and go over and say hi to him and talk to him a little bit and then leave, you know, just maybe five minutes. And, well, one day he sent me a he sent a check in the mail for $100. He just said, I just wanted you to know that uh, I, I believe, he says, I am overwhelmed what you are doing in this community, and I believe in what you're doing as a church. And so I just wanted to give this. Well, that was neat. So, I, you know, I, I, I thanked him for it. And I, I mean, I, I didn't send him anything. I saw him on the parking lot one day, so I went over to thank him for it. Well, anyway, today I get back in the office, and there's, there's a another letter in there. And I didn't recognize the name because he's got a different funny last name. And so um, I opened it up. Sure enough, it's his. It's his. He's got a beautiful letterhead, you know, letterhead. He's a very successful businessman. And, and it's a check for $200. And he just, he wanted, he said, yeah, I just wanted you to know, Pastor Bang, that um, I, I, I just, uh, I'm just, again, so thankful. Even though I'm a Catholic and I don't come to faith family, I really believe in what you're doing. And so I just wanted to give this. And so I sent him a long email today. And, and, and then he said at the end, and I'm coming to your Christmas uh, service. And so, yeah, so it's just loving people. It's just being real people, being real with people, let them know that you have that care for them, that you love them, and you're real about it. You're not trying to get something from them, you know. I hadn't heard it from him for, you know, quite a while, and here this letter comes, and I was just so blessed. But it just moved in my heart. Uh, uh, so it is. It's a... This, this life is all about being a light to the world and salt of the earth. If you agree with me, say amen. So if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And um, so even if it's help, I mean, if God's going to help someone, first of all, aren't you glad that God's willing to help you? That if you're struggling in an area and you call him to help and he intervenes, you're going, oh, God, thank you for helping me. But there's a reason he does that. He wants you to know he's more than willing to help you, but he wants to help others also. He wants to bring the message of God's love to, to your neighborhood. Can I have an amen? To, to the people you work with, to, to, um, to your family members that aren't saved. I mean, he, that's his will. And if it's going to happen, it's going to come through you. So tonight I want to talk about, just for a little bit, uh, uh, the next one, that the Holy Spirit is, number four, he's your intercessor. Say intercessor. So we'll talk a little bit about what an intercessor is or what intercession is. Intercession, the definition of intercession is this. It's to intervene or stand in the gap for another. It's to stand in the gap for another. It's like if, um, if um, uh, Bruce, you can stand up for just a second. And you can stand here uh, before me. And I'm standing between him and Becky because Becky is really ticked off at Bruce. And so I'm standing in the gap so Becky doesn't kill Bruce. And I'm standing in the gap 
and asking God to please be merciful to Bruce for being such a jerk to his wife. <laughs> You're standing in the gap. You're standing in the gap for someone because you care about what they're going through. Can I have an amen? So an intercessor is one willing to stand in the gap for a nation, a city, uh, a marriage, uh, an individual. Come on, it's just simply you're standing in the gap for some. You hear they're struggling. You hear they're going through tough times. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I understand why they're going through tough times. They live like hellions. But see, that's not the attitude God has should ha- wants you to have because when you were a hellion, God had mercy on you and had somebody standing in the gap for you. I believe that was on my heart. And, and um, it's uh, willing to stand in the gap in regards to God's word and his will. And listen, when it comes to intercession, it's always for the good of a person. Always for the good. And I'm going to give you some real quick examples. Moses stood in the gap, or he pleaded on behalf of uh, Israel because God wanted to destroy Israel and start a new family with Moses. So let's read about this in Exodus 32. It says, the Lord said to Moses, go back down there. Your people whom you brought out of Egypt have ruined everything. They've already turned from the way I've commanded them to live. They've made a statue of a calf for themselves. They've bowed down to it and offered sacrifices to it. And, and they've said, Israel, here are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. Wouldn't that take you up? The, giving, giving all the credit to someone else. And not, not to you at all. No credit to you at all. The other gods. So God is, God is really miffed. And the Lord added, I've seen these people and they are impossible to deal with. So Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your people whom, and I got to catch it. Go up here, go to the top again. The Lord said to Moses, go down there, your people whom you brought out of Egypt. Now down here, the Lord says, I've seen these, um, uh, uh, then then Moses says, Lord, why are you so angry with your people whom you brought out of Egypt? <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, 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 it wasn't me, it was you. God says, it was you. Moses goes, no, 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 it was you. <laughs> They're having button heads. I love it. And uh, so I've seen these people. They're impossible to deal with. Now leave me alone. I'm so angry with them, I'm going to destroy them. Then I'll make you into a great nation. But Moses pleaded with the Lord as God. Lord, he says, why are you so angry with the people whom you brought out of Egypt, using your great power and mighty hand? Don't let the Egyptians say he was planning all along to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth. That's why he brought them out of our land. Don't be so angry. (laughs) I love this. God, you're losing it. (laughs) Reconsider your decision to bring this disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? You took an oath. You swore, God. You swore on yourself. You told them, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give to your descendants all the land I spoke, uh, spoke of. It will be their permanent possession. So the Lord reconsidered his threat to destroy his people. One man turned the direction of an entire nation from destruction to preservation. One man did that by standing in the gap, making an intercession. How many here know somebody? It's a neighbor, a friend, a coworker. I mean, they're just, they're just ugly. They're just ugly. They, they talk ugly. They think ugly. They live ugly. That's the one God wants you to intercede for. 
Thank you. Oh, you got excited about that. I had a guy come to me one day, and he said, oh, pastor, please pray for me that I get a new job. I said, why? Because everyone around me curses and swears. I said, well, you are in the perfect place. That's exactly where you should be. As long as you don't join in with them, you'll be a light to them. Amen? So Moses had the heart of a shepherd. And, and, and through his intersection, uh, intercession, that entire nation was preserved. Hallelujah. And... Um, I love that. If intercession could change the course of a nation then, it can change the course of a nation now. The, um, uh, so many things to say about uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and his position in the uh, in the in the in the um, in Washington D.C. and uh, he's really close to the president and. Uh, it's, it's really interesting what God is doing. And I know Christians get uptight about how he talks sometimes or what he says. But, you know, I've, I've been around Christians who talk the same way. And I'm not trying to excuse him, but I tell you, if you'll pray for him, God will get to his heart. I'm just saying. Well, that went over real big. Uh, Bruce, make sure I get an open door out the back here. Number two, Esther. Talk about for her, t- Esther. You know the story of Esther. The Bible says that she was born for such a time as this, and that uh, Israel was about to be wiped out. A sentence of death was upon the entire nation. And, uh, and the Bible says that Esther went before the king, knowing that she could lose her life, but she gave up her life to preserve the lives of God's people. And what's so beautiful about it, it succeeded. I mean, it, 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 it succeeded. Her intercession saved an entire nation, and so can ours. Our intercession can save this nation. Our, did you hear me? Our intercession can save this nation. You have to understand, let's not be so stupefied. You have to understand, if the Bible says in the last days, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people, he didn't say, I mean, that, that, that's the way it's going to be, but not over the church. Are you out there? Are you awake? Not the church. Yes, we are the light, Absolutely. Yes. So, standing in the gap. Everyone here tonight, I believe, are saved because God had someone standing in the gap for you. I do. I believe it with all my heart, you know. The reason, it was so funny how, you know, God connected me with Randy many years, many, many years, uh, or uh, quite a few years before he, you know, he got arrested, and um, how God had connected us to. He'd even come here a couple times to visit with, I'm not sure that was Melissa was with you or someone else, but... Uh, we won't bring that up. Anyway, um, but, let's <laughs> but anyway, but it was neat that there was a connection, and he didn't know it, but I was interceding for him. And what, what he could never do, and what others thought could never be done, God did. Isn't that beautiful? But that's the same with all of you. That's the same with all of you. If someone is interceding for you, and because of that, you are saved. And how much more should you show mercy towards anyone that you know that aren't saved? God, just, just stand in the gap for them. Pray for them. And God will move. God will move. God will set them up and move in their lives. Can I have an amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, I want to, just for a moment, I'm going to read a few more scriptures. Uh, Jesse had an opportunity to, uh, to be used by God. And I just want to come up just share a little bit what happened and because I don't know all the details, all I know is that he prayed for a kid, and um, 
uh, because he was willing to go. And just let the people know kind of what set that up a little. Um, about uh, two weeks ago up in uh, Britain, South Dakota, and I don't know where Britain's at, but um, there was a, a kid named Trevor, and he's a junior at Britain High School, and uh, he was playing in the football game, and there was a hit. And so he was laid out on the field and stuff, and they were kind of a little bit concerned about it, and so they took him to Aberdeen to get a scan, and he had bleeding on the brain, so they immediately uh, airlifted him to Avera. Well, I kind of read this story and was following a little bit. Um, just, I love high school football, first of all. And then so I was, this was kind of in the stories that I'd read and stuff. And um, a mutual friend, a friend I know, and I had no idea she knew these people. And I called and we were talking. I said, man, I can't believe this young kid, you know. He's 17 years old. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Now he's in an induced coma. You know, and, you know, I'm just, it's terrible, you know. And she goes, yeah, well, I know his stepmom. And I said, you do? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, <clears throat> I might, you know, and I just, we kind of left it at that or whatever. And then I kind of prayed a little bit, and I felt, I felt God say, I want you to go up there and pray for this young man. And I thought, okay, I don't know why me, but um, so uh, she could, she um my friend contacted the, the stepmom and said, I have a friend, and he'd love to come up and pray for your boy. And she said, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So they had something set up. Um, uh, Monday, they were doing, he wore number 10. So on Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 a.m., they were going to do a statewide prayer for him. And they contacted all the schools and tried to get, uh, Governor Nome put something out. Governor Nome knows his stepmom, so it was massive. So I got up there um, about um, I got up there about 9:40, and the stepmom, who I'd never met in my life, came down and greeted me in the lobby. And um, so she took me upstairs, and it was uh, me and my friend, and then the stepmom, the stepdad, the real mom, the real dad, and then the stepmom's brother. And, I mean, you walk in the room, and here's this 17-year-old kid, and, you know, he's hooked up to every machine. Well, my son's 17. And I'll tell you, you talk about a punch in the gut in reality and everything you've ever complained about or thought this isn't fair or this isn't right went out the window. So I stood over him a little bit, and um, I just kind of was thanking God for him and stuff like that. And I prayed for him, and... Uh, I don't remember the prayer because I believe it wasn't me praying. It was the Holy Ghost. And what was cool was I prayed for about 10 minutes, and then at 10 o'clock, this young man's pastor called their cell phone, and they put him on speaker, and he was going to lead this statewide prayer. He was hoping everybody else was praying, but he was going to pray with the family. And wouldn't you know it, I, he wasn't on the speakerphone when I prayed, prayed. And this guy's prayer was about word for word what I said. And he got done praying, and I recognized it. I was down on my knees listening, but I recognized it. And they got done, and he hung up and stuff. And then the boy's mom, she lifted up her head, and she goes, I don't know if any of you guys could tell. That was the same prayer. 
And I said, that's confirmation that humans aren't involved in this. This is God right now. And we were just so excited. And uh, so they're weaning him off his sedation right now, and he's got a little movement or whatever. Um, but uh, we're going up there tonight again. I'm going to bring pastors, and we're believing before we uh, leave that room tonight, that young man's going to open his eyes, and he's going to give God the glory for this. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Um, the only reason, Jesse, why you, because you were willing. Number, number one, you were willing, but number two, you had the timing. I mean, and God was able to get your attention. And, and uh, that, that is just, I did not know that. You never told me that, that your prayers are very, very much alike. Isn't that beautiful? I said, isn't that awesome? Amen. So let's talk a little bit about intercession. Acts, the seventh chapter. I love this story. It, it, there was an ambitious uh, young Pharisee by the name of Saul of Tarsus. And uh, he is so excited because he captured a Christian called Stephen. And he, he takes the lead to stone this young man to death. And as Stephen is dying, his last breath, he's dying. And out of the, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Stephen had to have a very compassionate heart, a very compassionate and merciful heart, because the thing he said was, Lord, lay not this sin against their charge. That was intercession for Saul. And because of that intercession, that gave God a legal right to touch the heart of Saul. Is that awesome? I mean, he didn't touch him. He didn't touch me. He knocked him off his horse. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I mean, you get knocked off your horse, praise God, by bright light, and you're blind for three days. It could change your life. <laughs> okay. That was a good one. And, and, of course, we know that Jesus stood in the gap for the entire human race when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, uh, saints, we need to have that attitude. When people hurt us, and we hurt people, and I've hurt plenty of people, but when, when people hurt us, we should have that attitude. Father, forgive them. Listen, for they know not what they do. And even if they did, it doesn't matter. I said, that doesn't matter. I was so reminded again of that story. Please read it in Matthew 18, verse 20, all the way through the end of the chapter, verse 36, I believe, 23, 36. And the story of the, you know, the, uh, 70 times 7, and, uh, and the uh, master who had, you know, somebody, o somebody owed him uh, a great debt. And two, two of his, two of his um, servants owed him a great debt, and he forgave them both. Well, one debt was like $10 million, the other debt was $10. I mean, the difference was so drastic, it doesn't, matter the, it doesn't matter the amount, it's all about the attitude of the heart. But the one who got forgiven very, uh, very much, should that should have been on his heart the rest of his life. Raise your hand if you, if you dare, if you've been forgiven much. See, then that's the attitude we must have. We must have that because that's the heart of the Father. And yet you have an attitude of forgiving people. Let it go. Let it drop. Praise God. And God will bless you for it. I'm telling you, man, it, it, you know, it's just painful to have, have relationships that are severed and, uh, and, and you can't repair them because people just won't let go. That's very painful, and it's, um, it's, not, um, it's not what God wants. Can I have an amen? No, I'm going to close with, uh, what time is it? 7.45? Stupid clock. Okay, let me read Isaiah 53. Then we've got a couple more verses, we'll close. <laughs> Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise 
Jesus. He has put him to grief and made him sick. When you and he make his life an offering for sin, and he has risen from the dead in time to come, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days and, will, and, and the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. See, again, you know, you stop and think about it. When, when Jesus died on the cross, the, uh, all hope of any future was stripped from the disciples. The only ones who had any faith at all any, were, the, the, were the women. They hung around, even stood around the cross, stayed there. But all the men fled and went back to fishing. You know, Peter gave up and, you know. Why? Because they thought everything that they had sold out to God for for those three and a half years was worthless, worth nothing. And um, yet that was the end. But God had a plan. Say, God has a plan. Amen. The Bible says he shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge of himself, which he possesses and imparts to others, shall my uncompromisingly righteous one, my servant, justify many and make many righteous, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Or, excuse me, upright and in right standing with God. For he shall bear their iniquities and their guilt with the consequences, says the Lord. Therefore, will I give a divide him a portion with the great kings and rulers, and he shall divide the spoil with the mighty, because he's poured out his life unto death, and he let himself be regarded as a criminal and be numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore and took away the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors or the rebellious. Is that beautiful or what? That includes every one of us. Jesus on the cross, listen to me, he was making intercession for the entire world, past, present, and future. That's what he was doing. He knew what his mission was. He didn't want to carry it out. He said, Lord, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to, he didn't want, he, didn't want, he had never died. He had never, he had never been, he was never a sinner. He was the holy one, the righteous one, but God made him sin. He took all of our sins and laid it on the Holy One because he was the only one qualified to take away or to carry our sins and take them away. Lift your head and thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Master. I often thank him, often thank him for that. Hallelujah. He interceded for the sins of the entire world. Hallelujah. All right, First Timothy 2, put this up. This is the Passion Bible. The Passion, it's called the Passion uh, in, uh, Bible. Most of all, I am writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray. Say pray. Amen. Much of the meetings down there was about prayer. And, 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 and it just didn't shock me. It, it all tied together with Billy Brim meetings. They all flowed the same direction. But it's, but it's to pray. Well, and that's why Pastor Vicki uh, was led by the Spirit to start first service, prayer service. Because um, um, for God to do what he wants to do, people have to be praying. And so I want to encourage every one of you that are here tonight, and many of you come, but others, if you haven't been part of it, come. Uh, pay that price. Make that sacrifice and come and intercede uh, and pray and join her because um, God, God every, every Sunday morning, he does something supernatural. And um, so thank you all for being part of that that do come. Pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It is pleasing to our Savior God to pray for them. He longs for everyone to embrace his life 
and return to the full knowledge of the truth. For God is one, and there is one mediator between God and the sons of men, the true man, Jesus, the anointed one. And I put this in here because it's true. The anointed one who lives in us and through us by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I want to get that into your heart that you have the Holy Spirit living in you. He's real. And he's, can you imagine how frustrating it, well, I can tell you how frustrating it is. All the married couples here, have you ever had frustration with your partner really hearing what you're saying? Because you're, they're talking and you're, you're, your mind is somewhere else completely. And then, they, and then all of a sudden, did you hear me? And they wake up, what? What did I say? Oh, Jesus, help me. What did I can you imagine the Holy Spirit, how frustrating he must get when he's trying to get our attention and we're not listening? I'm serious about this. So that, that I mean, I just want you to know that. I, I, I want you to know that so wherever, wherever you're at, where, where you work, what you do in life, every day the Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to assist you, to get your attention when the time is right, when the atmosphere is right for you to pray for someone or talk to someone. Oh, my goodness. Again, it's true, but they said that there were quite a few people who were spared uh, when the towers fell because they heard the Holy Ghost say, don't go to work today. Because I really do believe the Holy Ghost wants to warn us. I really do. I really I believe he wants to warn us. Uh, we, um, oh, let's finish reading here. Um, I didn't finish it, did I? Yeah, here it is. Okay. Verse 6. He gave himself as a ransom payment for everyone. Now is the proper time for God to give the world this witness. I have been divinely called as an apostle to preach this revelation, which is the truth. God has called me to be a trustworthy teacher to the nations. Therefore, I encourage the men to pray on every occasion with hands lifted up to God in worship, with clean hearts, free from frustration or strife. Amen. I said amen. So God wants us to be praying and interceding and standing in the gap for other people. Don't just talk about other people. Stand in the gap for other people. You can change the course of someone's life by standing in the gap for them. And you know what? God will be pleased. If God could do it on his own, it would have been done. He's got to use us. Romans 8, I want to finish with because it's just how it's just the translation, the God's word translation. I'm going to read this to you. Now, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, we're also God's heirs. If we share in Christ's suffering in order to share his, if we share in Christ's suffering in order to share in his, his glory, we are heirs together with him. Now, I consider our present sufferings insignificant compared to the glory that will soon be revealed to us. All creation is eagerly waiting for God to reveal who his children are. Creation was subjected to frustration, but not by its own choice. The one who subjected it to frustration did so in the hope, in the hope of what? That it would also be set free from slavery to decay in order to share the glorious freedom that the children of God will have. See, all creation, all the dirt, the trees, everything that came from the God life, all they're waiting to be free from the corruption of sin. Everything. Okay, let me help you. Did Jesus speak to the wind? Did the wind obey him? Did he speak to the waves? 
Did the waves obey him? Did he speak to the tree? And the tree obeyed him. So everything, and that's why, you know, you talk, people talk to their plants. <laughs> well, hey. Now, if you don't water them, you can talk to them all you want. They're going to die. But, I mean, I'm just saying, the, all creation responds to the creative God. Can I have an amen? All creation does, responds. And so, that's not goofy. And so, all creation, everything outside these doors, all oh, the beautiful trees are you know, that are dying of decay and stuff. They're, they just want to be free. They want to, get, they want to get back to the original life, the fullness of God life. Well, it's going to happen. I said it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we know that, okay. Now, we know that all creation has been groaning with the pains of childbirth up to the present time. However, not only creation groans, we who have the Spirit as the first of God's gifts also groan inwardly. We groan as we eagerly wait for our adoption, the freeing of our bodies from sin. Everybody say amen to that. So we were saved with this hope in mind. If we hope for something, eagerly, um, hope for something we already see, it's really not hope. hope we, who hopes for what can be seen? But if we hope for what we don't see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. At the same time, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we don't know how to pray for what we need. But the Spirit intercedes along with our groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The one who searches our hearts knows what the Spirit has in mind. The Spirit intercedes for God's people the way God wants him to. That's why being Spirit-filled, praying in the Spirit, is very crucial to your effectiveness in your intercession for people. You can only pray so long with your natural mind, and then you have to allow the Spirit of God to take over from there and pray out those mysteries or those divine uh, things that he wants prayed out from the Spirit. Do you all understand? The one th thing down there is that he really emphasizes down there is, is God's Spirit moving in every service. Like you cannot, I mean, we, are, we have we've become, if we're, not, if we're not careful, the church just becomes another nightclub. You know, the flashy lights and the, you know, and, and we do a little entertainment and then we go home. I don't, want to, I don't want faith family to turn into that. I want faith family to be a Holy Ghost church because people want the Holy Ghost. They want the movement of God, the moving of God's spirit. Y'all agree with me on that? We want that. We just don't want to have a, you know, some just fellowship. We want God to have his way in the service. Let, let me finish this. So what can we say about all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? God didn't spare his own son, by, by, but handed him over to death for all of us. So he will also give us everything along with him. Who will accuse those whom God has chosen? God has approved of them. Who will condemn them? Christ has died, and more importantly, he was brought back to life. Christ has the highest position in heaven. Woo! Christ, because we're seated at his right hand. We're, we're seated with him. Amen. Uh, Christ also intercedes for us. Because I want you to capture this now. Christ is seated, and I've said this often, I've told you this so many times, but literally when I go before God, I, I know that when you pray, you go into his presence, and I imagine in my mind, and it's just not some false imagination, it's real imagination that the son is seated at the right hand of the father. Listen, and the Bible says he's the high priest of our confession. Do you hear me? 
He's the high priest of your confession. He's the high priest of the things you're bringing to him. You're bringing to God. He's standing, he's in favor. He's standing in favor of you. He's not standing against you. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, even if you're messing up, he's supporting. He's not supporting your mess up. He's supporting you to get out of the mess up. Praise God. I'm so grateful. Especially the young kids out there, they have to know. You have to, number one, you have to know. I mean, because life can be very lonely. But life can be lonely for anybody. And so we try to find, we try to find fulfillment in a natural friendship. And it's so disappointing because then you get around people and they're just like you. Can I find somebody that's different? And then you realize that you got literally, when you accept Christ in your heart, you've got a real person who comes inside of you to be your friend, to help you, to direct you, to, to interpret God's word for you so you can understand it, to give you hope, to give you strength, to give you comfort, to give you counsel. Can I have an amen? So important. So he goes on and says, can trouble, what will separate us from the love of Christ, or the love Christ has for us? Can trouble, distress, persecution, hunger, nakedness, danger, or violent death separate us from his love? As the scriptures say, we are being killed. Now, this is an Old Testament prophecy. We are being killed all day long because, excuse me, because what is that? Yeah, we are thought of as sheep as being slaughtered. The one who loves us gives us an overwhelming victory in all these difficulties. Did you hear that? He didn't say that all of us are sheep called to be slaughtered. He didn't say that. He said in all these things, he will be your deliverance. In all the things that you're, that you're facing, all the difficulties, all the struggles you face, You'll always be there to help you, praise God. But again, on the other hand, you've got to be able to be willing to conform to his word at the same time. Can I have an amen? Finally, my last verse, I must read this, because in the sin of Ezekiel, because I think it's important, because I want to be, I want Faith Family Church to be known as an evangelistic church, a church that loves souls. I, I want that. That's how we started. We were the first church in town here to put up billboards. We're the first church in town to do, like, awesome commercials. We did commercials for, I don't know, five years, I suppose. I mean, first-class commercials. They weren't some goofy-looking commercials that we did in the back room. These were all professional. I know many of you haven't seen them. Raise your hand if you remember these commercials. Raise your hand. Fuck you do. Amen. But here's what it says, Ezekiel 3. After, after seven days, the Lord gave me a message. He said, Son of man... I've appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. If I warn the wicked, saying, you are under the penalty of death, but you, fall, you fail to deliver this warning, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins. But you, will be, but you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. Now, if righteous people, okay, now this, here's us. If righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and ignore the obstacles I put in their way, they will die. And if you do not warn them, they will die in their sins. 
None of their righteous acts will be remembered, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn righteous people not to sin, and they listen to you and, and do not sin, they will live, and you will have saved yourself too. And I know this is an Old Testament scripture. I understand that. And I'm not trying to put fear into your hearts. I'm simply trying to tell you that God really does need us to be alert so that he really can get the attention of people when they're needing his help. Because God loves sinners. Did you hear me? As much as we think he loves us, and he does, he loves the world, and he literally, I'm sure, we frustrate, I know we frustrate the grace of God, the Bible says in the New Testament, when, we, when we're unwilling, unwilling to fulfill our calling as ministries of reconciliation. God, uh, again, I only read that to let you see how serious God was in the Old Testament. How serious it was of warning the unrighteous and warning the righteous. So we have a, we have a job to do. What is it to intercede for people? Every one of you knows someone that you can intercede for and ask God to intervene in their behalf. Uh, listen, he will. I said he will. He will. Don't give up. Don't let up. Yes, they have a will. But I'm telling you, God is an amazing God, how he can make, I mean, he can set things up to make our lives most miserable. And then, I mean, we have a will. We can yield to him or not yield to him. I'm talking about the sinners. But I'm telling you, if you pray and God, if you'll pray and do your part, God will do his part. And he'll do everything he can. Amen.